Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome, everybody, to worship on this holy evening as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We especially welcome guests or visitors that are with us in worship tonight. I certainly wish all of you a most happy and blessed Christmas. Uh, for those who are listening today or watching online, the bulletin for this service can be found under the resources tab of our on the homepage of our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there are options for giving your offering to the Lord as well there under the Give tab on the homepage of our website. Before we start to worship, just a few announcements uh, tonight. We are blessed to be able to receive the Lord's Supper tonight. Holy Communion will be continuous this evening. The ushers will dismiss you by rows to come down the center aisle tonight, and you will receive the, the bread, the host from me here in the front at the center, and then you will go either this way or that way, depending on which side of the church you're sitting on, uh, to receive the wine, either from individual cups or the common cup. And then you will go down the, the side aisles back, back to your seat. All communion hymns are printed in your bulletin this evening, so I encourage you to bring your bulletin with you and sing as you're coming to receive Holy Communion. Tonight, we celebrate our, our Savior's birth. We also do something that has been done for hundreds of years in the church. We'll be lighting candles to help remind us that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, has come. Uh, when we come to that point in the service, just a couple things to know and to remember. The ushers will go down the aisles, and, and uh, the person at the end of each pew will light their candle from the usher, and then the light will be passed on down, down the pew. Please remember, as you take the light from the ushers, do not tilt a lit candle. Always keep that lit candle straight up and down, and, and light the unlit candle from the lit candle. And as we celebrate tonight, we also remember that this is the eve of Christmas. Christmas Day is tomorrow, and Christian, Christians have always set apart time on that holy day to worship their newborn king. So, of course, we will gather tomorrow at 10 a.m. for worship with Holy Communion. Uh, so please join us tomorrow morning, Christmas Day worship. May God bless you as we worship together this night and worship the newborn king. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our opening carol, O Come, All Ye Faithful. No, we're out of candles. We'll have to share candles. God's peace. God's peace, Mrs. Schmidt.
begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land in the shadows of death, a light has dawned. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. Jesus is born. Alleluia. Amen. On this holy night, we come to adore you, O Christ, with devotion in our hearts, with praise on our lips, with joy in our souls. We worship you, O Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, Father, for sending your Son. Praise be to you, Jesus, for coming in one of us. Praise be to you, Holy Spirit, for creating faith in us. Amen. On this most holy night, we gather in awe, preparing to worship the Christ child. As we consider the birth of our Savior, we recognize our great need for him. We confess before God and to one another that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We examine our lives according to the perfect law of God and recognize our many sins against God and one another. In humble adoration, we bow before Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, who was sent to be our substitute, sacrifice, and atonement for the sins of the whole world. O Lord, for us sinners, you became a child, since you you fulfill it for us. We bow before you, humbly confessing our sinfulness that separates us from you. We repent of our sins in thought, word, and action that oppose and neglect your righteous ways. Forgive us our sin that we may be reconciled to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this holy night, I announce great good news of great joy. For Jesus' sake, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He has paid your ransom. You have been reconciled to God. Rejoice. Amen. Thanks be to God.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we gather on this night to thank and praise you for the gift of your Son. In the humble beginnings of Bethlehem's manger, we see our King, who came to save us from our sins. Enable us with true faith and gratitude to receive the gift you give in our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Prophecies of the Christ child, the promised Messiah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 2 and 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Micah 5, the second verse. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will, will be rule, ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times.
the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the, of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, where he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests.
baby Jesus is wrapped, worshipped, and adored. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I wish you a most happy and blessed Christmas Eve celebration tonight. That story, that story that we hear from Luke 2 tonight, it's a familiar story, isn't it? But it never gets old, does it? We love to hear it each and every year on Christmas Eve because it's an amazing story, an incredible story, an unusual story. The angels, the shepherds, the stable in the little town of Bethlehem, Joseph standing nearby, the mother Mary tenderly carrying her newborn baby, and that baby, Jesus, perhaps peacefully sleeping, perhaps loudly crying, (laughs) Such an unusual beginning for that little one. The little town of Bethlehem was so crowded that Mary and Joseph had to stay in the shed with the cows and the goats. It was so crowded that they had, they had to lay that baby Jesus in the feed box. God came to earth and people said, there's no room for him. But God came anyway. God loves us that much. Lots of things come to mind, I think, when we hear that familiar Christmas story once again. Maybe for you, you think about gifts when you think about that Christmas story. Gifts under your Christmas tree at home. Or gifts that you give to others. Or gifts that, hopefully, that you are going to receive from other people. And, of course, the greatest gift. The reason that we give gifts in the first place. Jesus Christ, our newborn King. Or maybe when you hear those words, you think about the Christmas children's programs that we have every year. We witnessed that here at chapel last week, last Sunday. Kids all dressed up like little angels and little shepherds, wise men and farm animals and Mary and Joseph, of course, all gathered around that little manger. And we hear those children speak that precious story, telling all of us again what Christmas really is all about. Or maybe for you, like, like me, you think about nights like this when you hear that Christmas story. And you think about carols and worship and the candlelight and gathering together with family and with brothers and sisters in Christ. And at least for me, I think to myself, I am so glad that you are here, that you are here to celebrate that story with me. So glad that you're here tonight. I really am. I I really think there's really no better place to be on a Christmas Eve than right here at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran. I think there's no better place to be around whatever time it is, what, 5.30 or so on a Sunday night than here. And rest assured, I know that there's a lot of other places you could be on a Sunday night at 5.30. But I'm glad that you're here. In this beautiful place, here with the beautiful music that touches our hearts, here to hear that story of Jesus because it's a story that changes everything. It's a story that orders our days and it gives our lives meaning. It's a story that binds us together, a story that binds you and me together here in this place on this Sunday night. 
You know, there's something special about Christmas that really isn't there the other 364 days of the year. The Christmas cards that we receive that warm the heart, the cooking and the baking that is just not allowed at any other time of the year. Opening up those little Advent calendars each day of the month as we look forward to this day. Thinking about others and helping those who are in need just a little bit more than we usually do. There's something about this day that is unlike any other day. And you look at the stories of the season. There's a lot of stories of the season. George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. Walter Hobbs in Elf. Even the Grinch. I mean, there's a change that happens in those stories in there. A change of heart. A change for the better. It's even what we might call redemption. And perhaps it's that way because of the original Christmas story, the story of Jesus, which is all about redemption. There's something about this day. There's something about Christmas, and it all feels so good. But it is so much more than just a good feeling. It's got to be more than that, doesn't it? Because come, I don't know, January 2nd or 3rd or maybe earlier for some of you, you got to go back to work and you've that good feeling that you got in the Christmas season that kind of fades away. Because then we got to pick up and we got to clean up and we got to take the lights down, put the decorations away, and we say, you know, now it's time to get back to real life. Time to get back to business as usual. And then there's this feeling that, you know, something great has happened, but it's It's just kind of gone now, at least until Christmas Eve 2024. So I'm glad you're here tonight. Because there's something more than just the warm, fuzzy feeling of Christmas. There's something more. Something more for those days after tonight, those days when it goes back to business as usual. Because that story, that story of the babe in Bethlehem, That story of Mary and Joseph and angels and shepherds and a stable and a manger, that story of redemption, that unusual story, that story is for our everyday business-as-usual lives. What a strange mix of the usual and unusual this Christmas story is. But that's kind of God's way, isn't it? He uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. You see this all, all throughout the Bible. Think about bread and wine become, becoming the very body and blood of Christ in Holy Communion. Or you think about simple water becoming this flood of righteousness, washing away every spot and stain of our sin in Holy Baptism. Words on a page, just simple words, read or spoken or sung, They are the words that unlock the very gates of heaven in God's holy word. The the ordinary, doing the extraordinary, the everyday, touching the eternal, the usual, becoming so very unusual. That is God's way, and he does it over and over and over again. And so it continues with the birth of a child. That is not an unusual event, to be sure. You all were born once. Children are born all the time. And Jesus was born. He was born in that stable in Bethlehem, swallowed up lovingly in claws and 
carefully laid down in that manger, that makeshift crib. You know, we are blessed to use hospitals and doctors and nurses and sterile precautions, but those are not the kinds of blessings for most children who have been born, especially back then. Still, Mary and Joseph did what they could in that barn in Bethlehem to care for that little one named Jesus. And as, as usual as he was, he was certainly unique. He was like us in every way. He was a human being. He got hungry and he got tired and he got sad. He felt happiness and he felt hurt. He laughed and he cried. He rejoiced and he mourned. And yet this one, he was different. This one is unusual. He was born without sin, perfect and holy. He's the Word made flesh, the Bible says, the eternal Son of the Heavenly Father, humbled and born for us. It's God's way. The usual meets the unusual. And that baby would grow and learn, as people usually do. He learned his father's trade. Suppose that he worked in the carpentry trade with his dad. He took care of his widowed mother, as a son did in those days. He observed the religious traditions and practices as any good Jewish man would do. But he was more. <laughs> Jesus was more. When the time came for his ministry to begin, things got a little unusual with Jesus. He went to be baptized, and the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God descended on him, and God, the Heavenly Father, declared, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He did battle with the devil, as we all do. That's not unusual at all. But Jesus won. <laughs> with three little words, it is written, Jesus defeated the devil that day. He began doing miracles. Water became wine. Bread and fish were multipli multiplied to feed thousands. Storms were stilled. The deaf began to hear. The lame started to walk. Even dead people were raised to life. When I mean, that is highly unusual. He preached a message unlike any other. His words had authority. His words had power, as if God himself were speaking. And so the question was asked, is he the Messiah? But he did not fit that usual expectation of the Messiah. Instead of kingly glory, he sought humble service. Instead of baptizing, he was baptized. Instead of riding a war horse, he rode a lowly donkey. Instead of being served, he washed the feet of his own followers. So unusual. And then this Jesus did something even more unusual. Jesus, the Messiah, the King of glory, the very Son of God, was arrested and mocked and beaten and nailed to a cross, and he was killed. This Jesus, this one, came to die. You know, if we, if we look into that manger, and we only see this sweet, pure infant 
but we don't see a cross, I think we miss the whole point. If we forget that this precious child didn't come to shed his blood for sin, my sin and for yours, well, why celebrate him anyway? As we sing, we just sang it. Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. This Jesus, he is the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Unusual. That the son of God would be given over to death so that we might live. That one whose birth was so peaceful and humble and ordinary was destined for death that was violent and humiliating and tragic. But that incredible story of salvation that started on that peaceful night in Bethlehem does not end in an act of violence outside the city of Jerusalem. No. No, the the usual gives way to the unusual once again as Christ conquers death. That is his greatest miracle, you know, an open and empty Easter grave, a miracle of life and joy and victory. And for those who believe in that babe of Bethlehem, that Savior on the cross, that risen and triumphant king, he gives that victory over death to us. Even in our after Christmas Eve, everyday, business-as-usual lives. It's why we come this night, isn't it? why we come and we worship the Savior. I mean, on this Christmas Eve, we do all the usual things. We, we read the usual readings. We sing all the usual carols and hymns. We light the candles, as we usually do. And we'll go home and to our usual place, and we have our usual traditions that we usually do with the usual food and gathering around with the usual people. But through it all and behind it all, and in it all, and at the very center of it all, is our Jesus working his extraordinary salvation. And there is nothing usual about his grace. You know, at this time of the year, we have, we've heard a lot about Santa Claus, of course. But if if you happen to live in England, perhaps you would hear a little more about a similar figure named Father Christmas. J.R.R. Tolkien even wrote and illustrated a collection of letters for his children, letters written to them by Father Christmas. You might remember C.S. Lewis as the Chronicles of Narnia when the white witch's power started to weaken that allowed Father Christmas then to come into Narnia and bring gifts for all the good creatures When you hear stories of Father Christmas, you really see there just a portion of God's own spirit. He's a giver of gifts. He's full of joy. He loves little children and even bigger children. And he loves to celebrate. And if you think about it, Father Christmas gives us just a little hint of another father, our Heavenly Father. And especially on this Christmas Eve, I think about this passage from 1 John chapter 3. St. John writes, How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Oh, what a Father 
that he loves us so very much, so much that the word that John uses is the word lavished. And that is an extravagant word. He doesn't give us just little bits and pieces of his love. He's not stingy with that love. His love is a deluge. It's a flood. It's overflowing. It's this holy tsunami of grace. And at Christmas, this is so very evident. We're flooded with his lavish love all year long, but we especially notice our Heavenly Father's love at Christmas. Because the reason that God the Father sent Jesus to be born in Bethlehem, wrapped up in those claws and laid down in that manger, was to fulfill his plan for our salvation. That's his love. That's his lavish love. Isn't that amazing? In this unusual Christmas story, that through it all and behind it all, in it all, at the very center of it all. It's not a mythical Father Christmas, but the real Father of Christmas. Our Heavenly Father who is working His extraordinary salvation, giving His unusual grace, sharing His lavish love through the gift of His Son. Merry Christmas children of God, as you receive with joy his lavish, extravagant, overflowing, extraordinary love this night. Amen. Now may the peace which the Christ child brings, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand as together we speak our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed, Find that on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
Praise, honor, and glory to you, O Lord our God. With angels and archangels, we magnify your name. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. We adore your divine goodness and praise you for sending deliverance to Zion and for including us in the fulfillment of your promises. Even though we have no merit or worthiness within us, you have once again, this Christmas, assured us of your love. Instead of justice, instead of justly punishing us, you have sent us salvation in the birth of your son. In spite of our many transgressions, you have made salvation possible in this gift of mercy. For rejoicing more in earthbound gifts than in your heaven-sent gift, forgive us, Lord. For telling others more than, than about the heavenly word, thus, O Lord. Accept our thanks for the eternal gift conceived out of your love for the world. Accept our thanks, O Lord, for bringing the knowledge of this divine truth to us. Bless, O Lord, the musicians, singers, and messengers who help us rejoice in your son's birth. Bless the reception of this good news in the hearts of those who hear it. Bless, O Lord, the spread of the Christmas message throughout the world. May these glad tidings bring hope. May the lonely see the Christmas message, the assurance of your presence. May the peace of Christmas fill our mission and nations of our world. This we ask in the name of our Savior, Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us always to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
rise as you are able. May this wonderful gift of your sacrament, O Lord, strengthen our faith in your strengthen our faith in your saving grace, that we may live in Christ's peace, that we might confidently speak of your love to the world. In the name of him who saved us through the sacrifice of his blood and body, Jesus Christ. Amen. stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's Amen. Hey. 
the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. We pray. O God, you make this most holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that as we have known the mysteries of that light on earth, we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.